0: I'm excited to continue this series called Vision. This past week I was looking at several of your guys' social media posts and I was enjoying them and I was like, you know what, I'm going to post some of them. I'm going to take some of them and put them up on the screen and some of you guys just got really nervous like, what did I post this past week? What's Doug going to put up there? Just calm down. I got permission for everything I'm going to put up on the screen today, so you could take a deep breath. So first, I'm actually going to post an old post of mine. Uh, So here, our first picture. I was in a restaurant with our staff, and I saw this old creepy dude drawn on the wall. And so I said, I took a selfie and I sent to to my to my kids, and I said, "Who's more handsome?" And my son Cade wrote back, "What's the difference?" So (laughs) there you have that. Then, secondly, I was looking, and, and man, Tom Porterfield. He was here at the 9:30. This guy. Out in the middle of nowhere skiing, and he's—I want to be him when I grow up. So let's see that next picture. Like here's Tom, and he's just off on the side, in like he said, it was about up to up to his knees, in just fresh powder. He's out there living the dream. I thought that was awesome. Then next, I got to set this up. So Ron and Maureen Ruggiero are in our church—they have some chickens. They love these chickens, and they take good care of them. And when it was four degrees this past week, uh, Maureen made some oatmeal for the chickens, and I thought this was very entertaining. So you guys can check out this quick video. Oh, to be a chicken, right? I mean, that's a beautiful thing, isn't it? And then lastly, I just have one more clip for you guys. And that comes from Jay and Uni. And it's their little guy, Baron. And Baron is this cute little guy. And Baron is singing his ABCs in this clip. And this is just so cute. So you guys can check this out. (laughs) Yes, Baron. awesome stuff. And so just like social media tells a story, your life tells a story. And my question for you today is what story is your life telling? Even more importantly, maybe whose story is your life telling? Whose story is your life telling? You see, all of us want to write our own story, don't we? We kind of want to make our own mark. We want to blaze our own trail. We want to be successful. We want to live life. We want to make a lot of money. We want to make sure that we're having fun. We want to make sure we're doing what feels good, right? And these are some of the things that we try to write into our own story. But you know what? I want to tell you today there's something better to live for than all that. You know, Some of us also, we're not just trying to write our own story, we're actually trying to boost our posts. What do I mean by that? Some of you, I just spoke a different language right there. Well, on social media, when you have a business or a church or something like that, you write your post and then you can boost your post. And what that means is you pay Facebook like 15 20 $25 and they get the post out to that many more people. And We'll do this very randomly. If we have a special video, or if we do uh, Christmas invitations on Facebook or Instagram, and we can boost the post, we pay fifteen bucks, twenty bucks, and like three thousand more people get to see it than we would have. And some of us in our lives, we're not just trying to write our own story. We're trying to boost our post. You know, we're trying to make ourselves known. We're trying to be liked. We're trying to kind of put ourselves out there and promote ourselves. And today, I feel like I'm supposed to just cast some vision for you and I, and say, you know what? There's so much more to live for than our own story. There's another story we're supposed to boost this story, okay, and instead of our own. And I wanna talk with you about that. Now, some of you guys would say, oh, Doug, you got me all wrong. When I'm writing my story, I'm not trying to boost my post. I'm not trying to make a name or make a mark. I'm trying to get myself out of the spotlight and just be by myself. Like, I'm trying to cut myself almost off from everyone I possibly can to protect myself from hurt, to protect myself from pain. I just am not comfortable kind of being out there. And, and I have a friend who was once talking with his dad. And, you know, those father-son conversations can sometimes be very powerful, sometimes very rare even, sadly, in our culture, right? And so... Dad's talking to son and he says, son, I got to tell you, I, I discovered what I think is really like the meaning of life. Like if I could sum it all up in just a few words. And so my friend, you know, sitting in the seat, he kind of sits up. All He's like, whoa, like is this going to be like a crazy life altering moment here? Like I'm going to learn this pearl of wisdom that I can then pass on to my own child. And so he's sitting there waiting and he, he leans in and he's ready to hear it. And his dad says just three words, leave me alone (laughs) leave me alone seriously like that was it but that's some of us as we write our own story we just kind of want to be left alone we just want to be left to ourselves you know what there's so much more to live for whether you're trying to write your own story of fame and of success and of money and of influence and of being known and liked or you're trying to boost that post up and over the top or you just want to be left alone I'm telling you there's something so much greater to live for And I want to kind of champion that here this morning. I have something to tell you. And it maybe doesn't sound very encouraging, but I hope it'll encourage you. I hope it'll challenge you. Your story is too small to live for. It just is. Your story, my story, our stories, they're just too small to live for at the end of the day. Like all these things that I've brought up, there's just something so much bigger. There's a story that's so much more important that we could spend our lives on. And so today I want to talk with you about that story. And I want to say first that there are several reasons not just to settle for our own story. Isn't it true that when we do that, at least the things like jealousy and comparison and emptiness. And, and we began to just find, wow, like I'm living my whole life to be better than so-and-so or have better numbers than this person or to have more post-likes than that person or to be more accepted or more liked or more appreciated. I'm, I'm trying to make this mark so much greater than, than maybe my parents did or so-and-so once said to me I'd never amount to anything and I, my life's ambition is to prove them wrong. And we're trying to write this own story for ourselves And man, it just leads to so much emptiness, doesn't it? There's a better story. There's a bigger story that you're meant to be a part of. It's God's story. And someone once said the story of Jesus is the best story ever told. And you have been invited into God's story. And we're going to settle for what we can come up with, we're going to settle for our own story. And so today, I want to cast vision about God's story. I'll tell you something. It's bigger than your story and my story. It's better than your story and my story. It endures longer than your story and my story. And when we live for God's story, we find a great freedom. And we begin to discover we're something, a part of something so, so important that literally goes on forever. And so I don't know where you find yourself in everything I've brought up so far today, But I hope that you will lean in as we talk about this today, because the truth is, the day comes for every single one of us when the crowd stops cheering, when the social media posts don't quite get the likes they used to, when the job passes over us, when the school denies us, when the relationship falls apart, when the pain comes. And in those moments, that's when we all say, what happened to this story I was writing? This is not working out like I had planned. This story was supposed to end like this. This story was supposed to play out like that. And now, this is the exact opposite of all those things. And in those moments, we can become angry. We can become bitter. We can despair even of life. We can get angry at God. So our worship pastor, Andrew, spoke on Friday night to our youth group. I wasn't here, but I scammed something off of his message notes. You see... He used this illustration of Jim Carrey. You guys can put up this picture. I want you to see what it says here. These are Jim Carrey's own words. It says, I hope everybody could get rich and famous and will have everything they ever dreamed of so they will know it's not the answer. Wow, where's that found in the Bible? Incredible, right? This is Jim Carrey talking, okay? The man who is famous, the man who is funny, the man who's an artist, the man who has all this sway and he's made it so far and he has all these riches and here's this guy telling us, and how many more celebrities do we have to talk to before we finally realize that God knows what he's talking about. Why is Jim Carrey saying that? Because Jim Carrey's not made to live for Jim Carrey's story. He was created to live for God's story, and so are you, and so am I. And so we want to talk about this here today. And this is such a huge part of our DNA. Like who God is is such a huge part of our DNA. Championing his story is such a huge part of our DNA. Being able to walk closely with him and promote him is a huge part of our story as a church. And we don't want to just settle back. We want to always choose songs that are going to promote God and his story. We want to preach messages that are going to promote God and his story. We want to train you to live your life to promote God and to promote the story of God. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you may be thinking to yourself, you know what, there's no way God would want me as a part of his story. You know why? Because I'm a bad person. Because I'm a failure. Because I've done so many wrong things, there's no way God would want me as a part of his story. Maybe the rest of the people here in the room, maybe they're like good people, they're better people than me, and so God has invited them in, but there's no way God wants me to be a part of his story. Well today, there's going to be a part of this message where I speak exactly, definitely, and directly to you, if that's how you came in feeling this morning because the truth is God does want you as a part of his story. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at three guys, some, some little snapshots of three different guys that we find in the Bible. And these three guys were a huge deal. They were like an enormous deal, and they had really every opportunity to write their own story and boost their own post. And one of them in particular had that opportunity that some of you guys right now are trying to decide, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to Trust that God is inviting you into his story or are you going to shrink back because you think you're a failure and you're too bad and he wouldn't want you? One of them can relate to you incredibly. And so we're going to look at these guys here and we're going to start off talking about a guy named Isaiah. Let's talk about kind of what a big deal this guy was at first and how he could have really pushed his own story. He was a prophet. God spoke to Isaiah. Like, God spoke to Isaiah. I have never heard the audible voice of God, but God spoke to Isaiah. And he would tell Isaiah things to say, and Isaiah would go ahead and say those things. And in fact, Isaiah wrote one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture in the Bible, Isaiah 53. It's the the, the passage I read during communion this morning. And I don't know if you were paying attention during communion, but it seems like Isaiah must have been standing there watching Jesus be crucified with the detail he brought out, with the way he described this all. But the amazing thing is Isaiah wrote Isaiah 53 750 years before that event took place. God spoke to Isaiah and said, hey, a savior is coming. He's gonna get on a cross. His hands will be uh, pierced. He's gonna die. He's gonna pay for the sins of the people. He's gonna be buried in a rich man's tomb. I mean, all this incredible detail. God spoke to Isaiah. Isaiah. And if that weren't enough, Isaiah is quoted over 50 times in the New Testament. And if that weren't enough, Jesus one day grabbed some Scripture and stood up to read it to the people that were gathered. And guess what he chose? Isaiah chapter 61. Out of all the Scripture he could have picked up, he picked up the scroll of Isaiah. Man, Isaiah could have really pushed his own agenda. He could have really pushed his greatness and his story. But look at what he says in Isaiah 43 verse 1. But now... This is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob. He who formed you, Israel. Let's start right there. Why is this a huge deal? Why does this show us God's story is bigger than ours? Because God created us. If you are taking notes today, can you just write in your notes there, God is greater than, I'm sorry, creator is greater than creation. Can you just write that down there in your notes? Can we start right there? Creator is greater than creation. I was talking with my man Greg in the back there yesterday, and we were talking about how amazing God's creation is. Like the insane things He's done to make you and to allow your body to continue to work like it does and function like it does. It is a miracle that you are who you are. You're sitting here being able to understand me as I communicate to you that we're breathing in oxygen, right? That we're breathing out carbon dioxide, that our heart is pounding, that we have all this blood running through our body, all these miles and miles of blood. I mean, incredible. And God created you. So right there, He's got us beat. Right there, creator is better than created. Creator's story is better than those who are created. And you know what? Some of you guys might be saying, well, Doug, you're kind of making me feel a little bit small today. Good, good. I don't want to make you feel bad. I want you and I, though, to feel small in comparison to how big God is. I don't want you to feel like you have no worth. You have incredible worth. Do you know why you have incredible worth? Because God created you. Would you read this with me? The greatness of the creator determines the value of the creation, right? And so because God is so great, you have unbelievable value. You have unbelievable worth. And God says, let's wrap all that up in my story, not yours. Would you guys read this with me? I hope this motivates you. The greatness of the creator should make us want to join his story and not try to write our own. What could I possibly come up with in comparison to the creator from my own story? What could you possibly come up for yours? But what did he create us for? Look at what it says next. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Do you know what one of the reasons God created you? Just so you could be his. Just so you could be his. So you could belong to him. So you could be near him and enjoy a relationship with him. Some of you guys might be going, but Doug, I don't know if I want to belong to God. I don't know if I want to join in his story. Can I just show you how God treats those who belong to him? Those who join his story. Look at what it says in verse two. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Guys, God can do some things I can't. Do you want to know why? In my story, when I walk through the waters, I get swept away. In my story, when I walk through the fire, I get burned, but not in God's story. And I want you to see something important in this, in this passage. It doesn't say you won't walk through the waters. It doesn't say you won't walk through the fires. It just says that when you do, I will protect you. I will be with you. I will walk with you and carry you. Some of you guys right now, you're walking through the waters and it feels like you're get to, about to get dragged away, swept away. When I was younger, I went on a missions trip to Jamaica. Jamaica Queens, that is. No, I'm just kidding. The the real Jamaica. Jamaica Queens needs Jesus too, everybody. Come on. And so there I was in Jamaica and we got to work hard. Man, we're out there in the sun. Like we were literally picking up rocks in Jamaica. Like, how is this praising Jesus? But all right, all right, you know. And so we're doing our thing. We're just trying to serve the churches there and the people there. And we would, you know, share our faith and stuff. And it was really cool. But one day we had some extra time. So we went to this beautiful waterfall and we got to climb it. Like we got to climb or hike this waterfall. And I remember it being really cool, but at the same time I remember being scared because there were times the water would come down with such pressure while you were trying to climb it, it felt like it was going to carry you back and crash you down on the rocks below. And some of you right now, you feel like you're in that waterfall. You feel like you're climbing, you're trying your best to just make it through life, but it feels like it's about to smash you back on the rocks below. And I just want you to hear that in the story of God, God protects you. In the midst of those waters, He protects you in the midst of those flames. It doesn't mean you won't walk through them. It just means He's with you and He has you and He doesn't allow His to be lost. Goes on here. Goes on the next part. Verse six Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who's called by my name. You ready for this? Whom I created for my glory, whom I formed. made why are you here why did God create you to know him to belong to him yes but ultimately God created you for his glory and some of us don't like that answer like what's with that is God cocky Is, is he just like all about himself is he like that guy who's always bragging and bragging and bragging and it's all about my glory and who I am no do you know what God's glory is See, when you understand what God's glory actually is, it becomes this unbelievable blessing that you and I were created for His glory. John Piper helps us understand what God's glory is. It's this: it's God's. I'm sorry, God's glory is God's awesomeness going public. That's what God's glory is. So the next time you feel like, "Why should I live for God's glory?" Oh, okay, you want to miss out on His awesomeness. You want to miss out on His love and His power and His might and His beauty and His forgiveness and His grace. God is not cocky. If anything, we want God to show as much of his awesomeness as possible. When's the last time you went to a baseball game and the home run hitter on the team got up and hit a home run? And you're just like, bro, you're so cocky. What a show off. You know what I mean? No, you're like, in fact, if he doesn't hit the home run, if he strikes out, the stadium boos him, right? What are you saying when you're in those seats? Show me how awesome you are, Right? Cespedes, please let your heels heal and hit a home run for the love of it all, right? Please, right? Right? And here we have God saying, you know what I want for you? You know why I created you? That you would just come close, that you would be mine, that you would enjoy my awesomeness. You would enjoy my love. You would enjoy, let me satisfy your heart. The deep places, and you know those places that want to compare to everybody else? I want to try to find your value in how you do and how many likes you got on social media. You know that part of you? I want to fulfill that part of you. And I can do that because I'm a glorious God writing a big story that you're invited into. Wow, isn't that so different than how we sometimes view God? Isaiah, was a great man. He loved God. He saw some amazing things happen. He got to write the words of scripture. But his story's over. God's goes on. And Isaiah chose the right story to live for. He chose to promote the story of God. Wasn't a perfect guy. Had his flaws. Had his ups and downs. But at the end of the day, chose to promote the story of God. Let me ask you a question. Whose story is your life telling? Are you writing your own story? Are you trying to boost your own post? Have you hidden yourself away because you don't want to be known? Have you decided God wouldn't want you as a part of his story? Whose story is your life telling? Now we're going to look at John. John was Jesus' best friend. We fast forward about 750 years after Isaiah, and John's hanging out with Jesus. John is the best friend of God in the flesh. Incredible, right? He witnessed Jesus heal all these people. He witnessed Jesus raise the dead back to life. And then he witnessed Jesus up on a cross. And from the cross, Jesus said to John, John, my mother Mary, she's your mother now. You take care of her, right? Wow, incredible. And John eventually got to see the risen Savior, Jesus, back from the dead. And then eventually got to write five books of the Bible. I just kind of pictured John in an interview, like current day. Let's say John was alive today, right? He's in an interview and they're choosing between him and this other writer. You know, the other guy gets up and he he puffs himself all up. He's like, oh man, like I've written eight New York Times bestsellers. I've got all these awards for these screenplays I've written. I've won the Pulitzer Prize. And John's like, yeah, I helped write the Bible, right? (laughs) The other guy's like, I'll see myself out now, right? I mean, how cool is that? God spoke to John. He wrote the words of scripture, right? And so whose story would John promote? Obviously John's, right? Or... Maybe he shows something different. John 1, 1, says this, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now some of you are looking at that going, man, what is with that? What does that all mean? Well, there's a little code going on in here. And as you keep reading John 1, you find out that every time the word is mentioned, it's talking about Jesus. So let's reread this without that code kind of in there. It says this, in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning. Guys, God's story is bigger than yours because he had no beginning. See, here's what's funny about this verse is when John says, in the beginning, there was Jesus, he's talking about in the beginning as far as we understand it. Because the truth is, God is so big; He lives outside of time. Outside of time. I know your mind's blowing, right, now, right? But He lives outside of time. Like that's how big He is. That's how big His story is. Let me just ask some questions here, Nick. How old are you? Thirty-seven. Yes, you did that quicker than all the guys in the first service, by the way. Everyone looked at their wife and was like, "Huh." Oh, I don't know. Right? Okay. How old are you, buddy, David? Right? Thirty-three. Thirty-three, Dave. Sixty-four. Okay. 22. Okay. God's got us all beat, right? Our origins got us all beat, okay? I'm 40 years, 11 months, 17 days, and 12 hours. Thank you very much. I had a little more time to think about that than you did. Don't feel bad, okay? I knew that question was coming. God's got me beat. And not only does God have no beginning, does His story have no beginning, it has no end. So we already established that two people in the room are rooting for the Patriots today. And the Patriots quarterback is named Tom Brady. We have a nice picture here of good old Tom. And as it comes up, I want to have a little fun with this. So what's he doing in this picture? He, he, is he yelling at the media? No, he's actually not yelling. Is, is it like the longest belch ever? No, it's not. I actually like to think that he's going, And I, I will always love you. That's what I like to think. But, but no, actually what, what Tom Brady is doing here in this picture is he's chanting something I'm not making this up some of you guys already know what I'm going to say he's chanting something he's leading this press conference chanting something Do you know what he's chanting we're still here we're still here that's what he's chanting in this picture why is he doing that because people are giving him a hard time because he's getting a little older in the league and yet he's going hey we're still here well I got to tell you something guys the day will come when Tom Brady is not here yeah. is he's supposed to chant that with me what's going on here Sorry, Tom. If you're watching, I know you watch every week. I'm just just messing around. (laughs) Guys, you know what? God goes on forever. You know what? If anyone could say, I'm still here, I'm still, right? God will go on forever. He has no beginning. He has no end. Are you going to come up with a better story? Like, are you and I honestly going to outthink him? Are we going to find something he missed behind the scenes, right? Or should we begin to say, you know what? I think maybe I should line my life up with what he's doing. So often that we say, God, here's what I'm doing. Would you bless it? What do we begin to say, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? Can I join that? Can I join your story? Verse three, through him all things were made and without him nothing was made that has been made. We're back to what Isaiah brought up, that God created us, that God made us. He fashioned us together. Incredible. Verse four, in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. Jesus didn't just play a role in creating things, he, created a role. He, was, he played a role in creating you, right? I love that it says, in him was life. Guys, not just in him was life in general, in him is your life. And this is why we always get ourselves in trouble when we try to write our own story. My story, my life is in Jesus. When I try to write my own story, everything falls apart. Everything falls apart. And I don't even have to convince you of that because you know it, because you've lived it, right? Right? And so, in him is my life. So, man, if there's anything I need to be about, it's God's story. What is my part in his story? What is my role in his story? What is he wanting to do in my life to make an impact for his story? We're going to jump down to verse 14 because the time says this. The word, Jesus, remember it is the word. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's mind-blowing. That's mind-blowing. Can you read this with me? What author writes a story about sinful people who need a sacrifice and then enters the story as the sacrifice for the sinful people? Like, who's done that, right? What author has ever written in this beautiful story and plan and then said, I will enter this and give my life for those I just created in this story? Like, that's how God is moving in human history. That is the story of this time that you and I live in. This is what he's done And then, guess where John ends up? Look at what he says. We have seen his, his what? We've seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John comes back to the glory of God, to God's awesomeness going public. And he's saying, listen, I saw him on a cross. He was dead. Then I saw him put in a tomb, and then I saw him raised back from the dead. Human, I mean, this is history. This happened. And I'm going to champion the glory of God. So, so, John, who got to write some of the scripture, who had this amazing relationship with Jesus, who could have had all these opportunities to promote himself and boost his post, instead says, Man, I've seen the glory of God, and there's nobody like him. And so, I'm going to champion him. John's story ended. God's story goes on. Isaiah's story ended. God's story goes on. Your story, my story, one day will end God's story goes on. Who are you going to live for? Whose story is your life telling? Then we're going to end with one last little snapshot and and this guy can relate to really everybody in the room because he had every opportunity to write his own story. In fact, he was trying to write his own story And, and he had every opportunity to boost his own story. In fact, he was doing that too and he also had every opportunity to run from God believing the lie that God wouldn't want him in God's story because he was a failure. And so we're going to look at Paul for a minute. And he wrote some incredible things to a friend named Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13, he says this, Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Paul here is starting out saying, I am a bad person. If you're here today and you walked in saying, I'm a bad person, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, then man, Paul can relate to you because he has felt that. When my son Landon was like two or three, anytime someone came to the front door, it was the UPS guy, it was a plumber we hired, anyone that came to the door, he would just come to the front door and furrow his brow and look up at them and go, bad guy, bad guy, bad guy bad guy, bad guy. It was really awkward. We'd be like, I'm sorry, we're sure you're a very nice guy. I'm so sorry about this little one, you know. But what's crazy is, we'd be watching TV later that night, and it would be like, UPS a worker arrested in centerage, and it's the same guy. No, I made that part up. That would have been really cool though, right? But here is Paul going, bad guy, <laughs> bad guy. Like, I'm a really bad guy. If there's anybody that God would never want in their story, it is me. And yet, look at what he says next in verse 14. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guys, please, Capture this. If you're feeling like God doesn't want you today, please hear this. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. So Paul is writing his own story and he's writing it and it's coming out very violent. And it's coming out very unholy and it's coming out very blasphemous. He's literally a murderer. And then Jesus shows up and he pours out This grace. Abundantly. God's not stingy with his grace. It's not like, oh man, God forgave me of that though, like a year ago. How is he going to do about what I did last night? No, God's not stingy with his grace. He's ready to pour it out abundantly. And you might say, but Doug, why would God do this with a man like Paul? Verse 16. But for that very reason, because he was such a mess, because he was such a failure, Because he was such a bad person. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus, might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Would you read this with me? God invited somebody like Paul into his story to show that you're invited into God's story too. So that no one in this room would have an excuse to say, No, there's no way God wants me. There's no way God wants me. Paul's going, Hey, Can I just tell you who I am, who I was, what God's done? Can I tell you how he's changed my life? Can I tell you what a mess I was? Can I tell you how much I hated Jesus? Can I tell you what he's done with my life since? You see, you're invited into God's story no matter who you are and what you've done. And then verse 17, big surprise. Guess where Paul ends it all up? Verse 17, now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and what? Glory forever, amen. Paul ends by praising God and reminding us why God's story is better. Can we talk about it for a second? I love this. God is king. God is king. Oh, well, you know, we've got President Trump right now, and you might like him, you might hate him. And then across the pond there, we've got this person in charge. And over in that nation, we've got this person in charge. And no, no, no. God is king over all kings, king of kings, over everything. We can find some security in that today. His story is so huge. He's the king of every king of every leader. That he is eternal. Like I said, he's got no beginning. He's got no end. He's living outside of time. How does that work? I have no idea. It will be cool to find out one day when I'm in heaven. But I have no idea right now how to explain that. But that's a good thing because God should be so big. There are some things I can't explain about him. So he's eternal. And along with that, He's immortal. And they tried. they tried this, right? They tried to take him out. They tried to kill him. They put him in a grave and, and that grave could not hold him and he busted through and we celebrate our risen Savior. And he is invisible. What does that mean? It means God ultimately is spirit and yet he chose to come and enter flesh. Jesus, walk among us and die in our place. To be the author that entered his own story. To be the sacrifice for the sinful people. Mind-blowing. And then... Paul says, man, just glory and honor to him forever and ever, ever. So Paul's this this amazing story and he had all this influence before he was a follower of Jesus and he could have really boosted his post in lots of ways. But man, God poured out all this mercy on this undeserving sinner who was a murderer, who was taking the lives of Christians until Jesus showed up and transformed his life. And then he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament And it's probably one of the most inspiring figures to ever live outside of Jesus. Do you see that no matter what you've done, no matter what a a bad guy or a bad girl or bad things you may have done, that God invites you into his story. So 2019, Isaiah's story has ended. John's story has ended. Paul's story has ended. God's story goes on. And for us, what do we got? Some of us got 10 years. Some of us got... 30 some of us got 50 some of us have 80 our story will end God's story will go on whose story is your life telling so my bottom line slash question for you today is this will you play your part in God's story This is a question you have to answer there's a question that you have to think about and pray about will you play your part in God's story are you allowing your story to be wrapped up in his story Are you allowing your life to be driven by all that he is and all that he has done? I got to tell you something today. The point of your life is to enjoy Jesus and make him famous. That's why you're here. To enjoy him and then make him famous for the world around us to see. And more than ever, guys, in 2019, as the world around us changes so quickly, we have to be people who are having our hearts made happy and Jesus, so we can go out there and display him to the world. There was this man named George Mueller who would wake up every day with one mission in mind, and this was the mission to start the day. I have to get my heart happy in God. I have to get my heart happy in God because if I don't get my heart happy in God, I'm gonna use everybody I come into contact with and I'm gonna try and manipulate and I'm gonna lie and I'm gonna try to coerce and I'm gonna try to work things my own way. But man, if my heart can be happy in God, if I can be satisfied in God, imagine how my interactions with everyone else will be different. Imagine the way he'd be able to display Jesus. And some of you guys, maybe as I've been talking about living for God's story and not your own or living for God's glory and not your own, you're thinking, man, Doug, this sounds awful. I want it to be about me. I want to do it my way. Guys, can I just confess to you that there are so many times I want it to be about me? And can I also confess to you the misery that that leads to, the unsatisfaction that leads to, the jealousy, the comparison, the emptiness that that leads to? And I am not telling you today to live for God's story and God's glory and oh man, what a horrible invitation. No, this is the best invitation ever because we get to get our hearts happy in God every day. We get to get satisfied in God every day. There's no one who will awe you like God. There's no one bigger than him. So there's no one that will satisfy you like him. As you walk through the waters and the fires, and you will, there's the one who will walk with you and carry you and protect you. No one else offers any of this and you sure don't offer it to yourself. So if you're feeling small today, I think I'm doing my job. Not worthless, you have great worth because of the God who created you, the Savior who died for you. But I hope we feel really small in a healthy way leaving here, because if we're small, then God can be big. And that's when everything changes, that's when your marriage gets transformed. That's when purity struggles start to disappear. That's when humility enters your heart and man, you begin to interact differently. That's when you can just be you. Like God created you to be you and you can be comfortable in your own skin not trying to be somebody else. I have a friend who's a pastor on Long Island. Awesome guy. And I just happened to come across his Facebook feed yesterday and he's got a video on his Facebook of him preaching with 89,000 views. I was like, I think I have three views. <laughs> wow. And in that moment, whose story am I going to tell? If I'm honest, don't tell him I said this. If I'm honest, I was like, oh, man, like, how do I do that? Like, How do I get that? You know what I mean? And that's in all of us, and it's disgusting. And it leads to emptiness, and it leads to brokenness. And I was just able to step back from the computer. And I'll even be honest, I posted something last night. Wow, maybe none of you will ever come back again. I posted something last night in hopes to almost get some of that. And this morning I woke up sick to my stomach and deleted it. Because, man, I've got to live my life boosting his story, not my own i got to live my life saying, how can I make more of him? How can I make Jesus look more beautiful? How can I show the world how he satisfies and how attractive and wonderful and life-changing he really is? The point of your life is to enjoy Jesus and make him famous. And so what does this look like? Well, this is when we begin to say, all right, if I'm going to play my part in God's story, I'm going to stop trying to make my mark and I'm going to make a mark for him. Like My ambition every day will not be to make my own name and my own, you know, uh, my own agenda. It'll be to make his name great and to follow his agenda. I'm, I'm not going to try and blaze my own trail. I'm going to try and blaze a trail for the kingdom of God. I'm not going to try and be successful for myself. I'm going to try to be successful, uh, or rather make the mission of God successful. I'm not going to try to make lots of money. Or if I do, I'm going to be very open-handed with it and be a blessing to others. Or maybe I'll just be content with less and be able to have time to be the husband God's called me to be, the dad God's called me to be, the neighbor, the friend, the worker, the person who has time to invest in others God's called me to be, right? And so there's all these practical ways this plays out. Oh man, I'm going to stop just trying to live life to have fun. and Instead, I'm going to aim at satisfied in Jesus. Instead of just what feels good, no, I want to be satisfied. We've, we can all do what feels good for about five minutes and then... Life's consequences happen and we destroy everything. I'd rather actually just be satisfied down deep in here. And so whose story is your life telling? Are you just living to be known? Guys, I can relate to that struggle. Ugh, and I hate it about me. I even hate that I said that to you guys just a few minutes ago, but I think God wanted to come out today. Maybe I need to confess that to all of you. That's in all of us. That desire to be liked, that desire to have something to show and make our mark, Right? But man, God's story is so much bigger. No one's going to remember my name in 100 years. Not one person. But the name of Jesus goes on forever. And when I get to heaven, God's not going to go, oh, there's the guy with three likes on Facebook. He's going to go, Doug, my child, I made you to be you. Be you. I'm so glad you finally deleted that stupid post because you're just supposed to be you. You're not supposed to be him. You're supposed to be you. Enjoy that. Enjoy who I made you to be. And so, what does it look like for you to play your part in God's story? For some of us, it's, i got to watch a little less TV. Man, if I'm honest, I just watch so much TV, i got no time to promote God's story. i got to play a few less video games, man. i got to just get off social media for a while because all I do is the comparison game. i gotta, I got to really realize that a dollar amount is never going to satisfy me. Somebody once said, how much is enough? Always a little bit more than you have, and that you will re- chase that the rest of your life, right? So what would it look like to just say, God, I want to play my part in your story. I really want you to get specific. What does that look like for you? What thing needs to change? Don't just go, okay, cool, man. Doug cut a couple good jokes this morning and told that embarrassing thing about himself and I guess we will go watch the Super Bowl. No, 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 no. Like, What can change so you can play your part in God's story? And when you do, you will be most alive, most satisfied, most fulfilled. Beth Moore once said, Something that really impacted me. I heard this probably about 10 or 15 years ago. She told the story about how she, she's an author, by the way, a Christian author and speaker, and, and I mean, probably sold millions of books and I'm incredibly famous. And, and she told this story about how, like, she had this ambition just to make her mark, you know what I mean? Like, when she died, people would remember, wow, Beth Moore loved Jesus and made an impact on this world, you know? And you would think, wow, that's pretty, pretty noble of a desire to have you know, that said about you. But she said, one day, God just put on my heart, to meditate on this scripture, to think about and picture in my mind this scripture. When Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. Jesus, he didn't mean that we'd have to get on a literal cross like he did. He just said, okay, you know what, to follow me, you're going to stand out. There's going to be some challenges, but I'll be with you, right? You're going to walk through some water and fire to follow me, but man, there's nothing like it, right? And so he says, take up your cross and follow me. She's picturing Jesus with his cross walking, and she's behind Jesus, and she's got her cross, and she's kind of dragging it. It's heavy. She's dragging it, and it's kind of making this line in the dirt behind her. And she said, there I am, like just letting this all play out, and I'm picturing me walking, and as I'm looking down, I'm seeing that my feet are making imprints in the dirt. I'm making my mark, Right? But then she said this, so powerful. She said, but as I continue to let the illustration play out, as I'm walking, every step I make, the cross is erasing as it drags through the dirt behind me. And all that's left is the mark of the cross. Guys, that's the point. That's what's supposed to be true of all of us, that we would say, I just want Jesus to be known. I just want the cross to make its mark. I want forgiveness to make its mark. I want eternity to make its mark. I want God's story to make its mark and not. My own. Whose story is your life telling? God wants you to join His. If you're not a follower of Jesus, He loves you. You may be a bad person. Guess what? There's a few hundred of them in this room right now. Bad people apart from the grace of Jesus. Bad people, messed up people, gross inside of our soul people that Jesus poured out abundant grace on to transform us and begin to make us new. If you want to put your trust in him today, I'd love for you to do that. I'm going to give you a chance to pray with me in just a minute. But he got on that cross and he became that flesh and he entered this story of broken humanity to rescue you back. And so I pray you'd put your trust in him today and join his story. Will you play your part in God's story? Let's pray together. God, we come to you today just wanting to lift your name so high, God, knowing that none of us in this room are the answer, God, knowing that if left to ourselves, we will promote our story and promote our life and boost our post or run from you. But God, thank you so much that you have poured out abundant grace on us. And so help us to live for your story. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you just pray about this? And again, please be specific. Say, God, what does it look like for me to play my part in your story? What needs to change? If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, I would just encourage you to pray with me right now. Just something like this. Jesus, thank you so much for becoming human flesh, for entering your story to save me from my sin, to rescue me, and to make me your child. Thank you, God, that you want me to know you And you want me to enjoy you and you want me to display you to the world around me. Show me what it looks like to follow you, God. And I thank you for this gift of salvation. So before we open our eyes, I'd love to pray for anybody that prayed that prayer for the first time. If you would look at me real quick, that'd help me be able to just pray for you throughout the week. Did anybody pray that for the first time today? Anybody at all? Just look me right in the eyes. Okay, see you. Anybody else? God. Thank you so much, Lord, for those lives that you're working in today. And we just expect great things, Lord, as we live our lives for you. Help us with this, God, in your name. Amen. Guys, we're going to worship now. And I just want to continue to cast vision for our desire as a church to grow in worship, to grow in our ability to praise God. And what better time to lift our voices to God than after hearing how glorious he is, how powerful he is, how big he is, how much he's done for us. And so Service is not over. Please don't get your kids yet. Please don't run out the door. Super Bowl doesn't start for another like six hours. Let's worship God together because he is amazing.